Rachel, is Hamilton irresistible? <laughs> I don't know. That feels... It depends on who's playing him. Yeah. Depends on who's Ask playing him. His sexy puppy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is he irresistible? Yeah. No, I wouldn't... I, he's in a category all of his own where yeah. he has not sexualized Lin-Manuel Miranda Hello, and welcome to episode 56 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your dance class's production of Bring It On Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can and should also Mm -hmm. leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing Pulitzer Prize winning musicals. All right, Rachel, let's talk about some Pulitzer Prize. Oh my gosh. You uh, have one? (laughs) I personally do not have a Pulitzer Prize for drama or a Pulitzer Prize for anything else. I think one day this podcast will win a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing very important work. We're doing the Lord's work here, so... (laughs) Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. Uh, well, here we here we are on a recording this on a lovely Saturday, uh, but happy Monday to you folks! Happy Monday! I'm yeah. sorry I sound kind of like a boy going through puberty. Um, <laughs> yeah, she allergies, doesn't look like that. She just sounds like I just that. sound like that. Yeah, my yeah. allergies are just killing me. Mm. Although today I feel my best self that I have all week because it's raining which means mm. some of the pollen is being washed away. But I don't know about you, Taylor, but I don't know if it's like, if it is global warming, if it is climate change, or if it's just the fact that I moved to Tennessee, but it was 75 degrees this week. Yes. Twice. No, it was like, it was like 80 degrees this past and week, one like, day. I don't know if that's normal. I don't really want like to think too hard about it. 31 day. It was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So my my sinuses just simply mm. do not understand what's happening. So I apologize in advance for the way that I sound. I promise that um, I'll be better eventually. We've officially become old millennials talking about the weather on our podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the weather report. <laughs> dun dun, special <laughs> report. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it has, you know, it's okay. We forgive you. We like the nasal, you know. <laughs> Yes, if you blow my nose, that sounds so yeah, good. <laughs> so much better. Um, good word, Big week for theater. You know, parade oh, opened on um, previews. We had that. Yeah. We had yeah. Jonas Brothers coming to Broadway. Also, I- what? <laughs> 
we had anti-Semitic, uh, you know, protesting. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, at, man. at the like outside of the theater, yeah. parade. So, you yeah. know, things were really fine. We I loved Blen Ben Blen Ben Potts Blen, video Blen. Blen. Yeah. Yeah, I loved um, it. was really it was, good. It was wonderful. But yeah, yeah, what a crazy shucked put out a song. I don't know if you saw that. They did put out a yeah. song. They've also started canvassing people in New York City. I've seen mm-hmm. some people received their little flyers about shucked. Honestly, this yeah. could be the musical <laughs> that that did. You know what I mean? Like what if it wins be... best musical? We... <laughs> Let's just name it and claim it here right now. Oh my god! Yeah, timestamp this February twenty uh, seventh. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Rachel's saying that uh, Shark will win best musical. So we'll see. You know, I'm I'm gunning for Kimberly Kimbo. Uh, oh, that's, that's mine. Fair. That's mine. But you a know, we'll one. see. A good one to gun for. Yeah, you're right. But hey, Shuck could come in and take it. Uh, you know, it could be a situation where Kimberly Kimbo wins score and then Shuck wins best music school. So. It's just we we never we won't know. We won't yeah. know. May can't come soon enough. <laughs> True. Hey, pretty soon it will be May, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So it is uh, crazy. I feel yeah. like this year is going by so fast and I don't even I don't True. even know. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. Today we are talking about the Pulitzer Prize winning musicals as we said at the beginning i think a great place to start is uh when i was doing my research for this episode it's just we'll talk about the pulitzer prize in general if people don't know um it is an award uh, originally an award for achievement in newspaper magazine online journalism literature uh and musical composition um, it is, of course, named after the incredible man, Joseph Pulitzer. However, of course, we, we we know that he's not great because of Newsies. Yeah, Pulitzer may own the world, but he don't know much. Pulitzer may own the world, but he don't know us. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So. or Pulitzer, as they say it in, oh, in, in, in Newsies. Hey, <laughs> carry oh, the banner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So there, I think originally there were like 17 categories or something like that, but now there are 22 categories um, for the Pulitzer Prize. It was originally started in 1917 from the will of Joseph Pulitzer. So he wanted to start... um, he made his fortune in newspaper as a newspaper publisher, of course, uh, and it was administered by Columbia University. Um, oh, originally there were 21 categories, but I guess now there's 22. Um, and in the categories, there everyone's get awarded $15,000, which I think is pretty awesome. And also crazy. I just can't believe, like, that's a – I'm sure you win other things, too. Maybe. I don't know. Recognition. Correct. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But a lo- it's funny. A lot of these things I didn't know. A lot of these um, categories, I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know okay. that existed. So the categories are uh, public service, um, breaking news reporting, investigative reporting, explanatory reporting, local reporting, national reporting, international reporting, Feature writing, commentary, criticism, which is very interesting. I just find that one interesting. Editorial writing, editorial cartooning. Well, 
that's cool. Breaking news photography, feature photography, and then there are six categories in letters and drama, which are fiction, drama, history, biography or autobiography, poetry, general nonfiction. And then in 2020, there was an audio uh, reporting category, which is the one this podcast is going to win eventually. And music. And then there is the Pulitzer Prize for music. Yes. Yeah. So lots and lots of categories, mostly, of course, journalism categories. Yeah, which does make sense. Yeah. So I know, I know like Barack Obama has won a Pulitzer Prize, I think, right? And I actually didn't know that. Oh, I thought he won for public service. Probably. That sounds right. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I know there's some investigative journalists that have won, like the two women who, um, that the the she recent she said movie about Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. they won a Pulitzer Prize for their reporting super super cool but of course today we're talking about the Pulitzer Prize for drama for drama drama drama, <laughs> drama. drama. Uh, which was in the original Pulitzer Prize in 1917 but no nothing was awarded for the very first uh, year year uh, but it was awarded in 1918 mm-hmm. but then also not awarded again in 1919 and they didn't really start going all out until 1920 and then from there it's been going ever since so mm-hmm. yeah super interesting and of course for people that don't know out of all of those years there have only been 10 musicals awarded yeah. the Pulitzer Prize for drama from 1918 to 2020 Two, what, three? What did they yeah. award the 2023, because I think, I think, wait. That's right. Uh, right? That 2022. 2022. 2022. Yeah. Okay. 2022, there's only been 10 musicals. There have been obviously more plays. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Wild. Other kinds of uh, things, but just 10. Yeah. And some of them, I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for us to talk about Yeah, I know. Because. Um, it's not all the 10 you think it might be. No. Some of them, yes. Some of them, I'm like, okay, I get that. But then some of them, I'm like, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, do you have any, I mean, thoughts about the Pulitzer Prize overall? I think it's a very cool kind of recognition. I think it awards people that we don't normally think about as far as just the Pulitzer Prize overall. But. I mean, I don't have that many thoughts about it. Uh, when I, <laughs> I guess, growing up, I knew it was a big deal when, yeah. like, you know, you would read, like, I don't know. I just, I think that the Pulitzer Prize in general, in my mind at least, because I wasn't in the recognition universe of, like, really understanding all the ins and outs of things, I just always associated the Pulitzer Prize with journalism and then with books. Right. Specifically. Yeah. And it would always be like, you know, someone would say, oh, we have to re- read this. Pul- it's a Pulitzer Prize winning novelist or whatever mm-hmm. they would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember also, you know, reading some of the books that have been, or even like some of the plays, like Death of a Salesman, right? right? Like, I know that part of why we read that was because it was a Pulitzer Prize winning um, right. play. Or, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of current day thoughts. I'm sure that, like with anything, 
there is a lot of there are a lot of pros to awards like this and there are probably also a lot of not cons but a lot of um humanness a lot of potential discrimination a lot of like underhandedness that relate to just how people get awarded things in general right um like with any kind of award so mm. yeah i'm sure the institution there isn't all shiny and bright but i i do think that it brings people or brings authors or you know journalists up right like it's better than being on the I think right like better than being on the 100 New York Times bestseller list or whatever mm -hmm. this is like the thing yeah uh just want to make a note that Barack Obama has not won a Pulitzer Prize but he did win go. a Nobel Peace Prize in uh, 2009 different. that's a different one yep very different. different. Very yeah. different. The way that um, people are chosen for the Pulitzer mm -hmm. Prize is yep. there is a nominating committee that I think used to be at Columbia University, but I don't think it is anymore from what I read. Mm -hmm. um, and they usually there's three or four finalists in each category, and then mm -hmm. they choose the winner from that Um which I think is interesting. I think it's crazy that there can, like, you boil it down to, like, four people and or four things. and then Yeah, that yeah. sounds crazy, especially when you think, I don't know what it was like in 1917 True. or 1918, yep. but the amount of content, the amount of people producing, like, just even in the journalism content has just changed so much. And right. I think expanded as well as shrunk in some areas. And so... How do you take all of that for the last year and think, okay, this is the piece or this is the person right. who's going to win? Yeah. I don't know. It seems, yeah. it seems daunting. Yeah. Well, getting into the drama side of it and the musicals, are you kind of, it, it is kind of crazy that only 10 have won. I mean, it I is like. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's drama, right? Yeah. Like musicals are a heavy part of drama. They yeah. are there are more musicals than plays on Broadway, right? Yeah, yeah, for Consistently, sure. Consistently, right? Consistently. I mean, I think so. And if you go back to listen to our History of Theater episode, musicals have been around for a very long time. Like, it's yeah, not like... It's not something that came out yeah. of the, in the 1950s. Like, right. musicals were happening. Right, yeah. So, and so, as we said, it started in 1917, but the first musical was not awarded until 1932. So it took yeah. a while. It took a yeah. minute. Yeah. It took a hot minute. So. Yeah. And there was a cluster of them that kind of got awarded in a like close time range. And then it's basically been every 10-ish years. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. We've gotten a new musical that has won a Pulitzer Prize, which is wild. Yeah. Wild. It's so crazy. And again, it's, yeah, it's like every decade they're like, okay, let's choose something. Now, of course, there are some, which we'll talk about, that are kind of there's no reason why not like they're pieces of theater that have kind of changed the theater landscape, even ones that maybe you wouldn't That's think fair. of. Yeah. Um, but there are ones that are very like, Oh yeah, that makes sense that it won. Yeah. But then mm -hmm. there are some that I guess maybe the Pulitzer team at the time just really, <laughs> they just really loved. It's so interesting. It is interesting for, for sure. me i have heard of all of them except three there's only three that i okay. did not 
I was not aware of what they were. I mean, I had heard of them because I've looked up these lists before, this list before. And recently, of course, there was one that recently won. And so if we had mm-hmm. done this even two years ago, it would have been nine. Right. So, it would have just been nine. Yeah. Yeah. It also kind of reminds me of like the EGOT mm-hmm. status. Yeah. Like there's only, well, I think now, because recently, of course, Viola Davis just won Mm -hmm. EGOT status. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. So now there's 18 people, but still, that's not a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is so, something that is why we wanted to do this episode specifically is it feels like a Pulitzer Prize for a music, for drama and being won by a musical is a ginormous deal. Because mm-hmm. since 1917 or 1918, really, there have mm-hmm. only been, and now, up to now, there have only been 10. Yeah. And at the same time, it is interesting to see the, these 10 kind of grouped together and think, are they in one category? Mm-hmm. Like, do they better each other because they're in a category? Are it does feel like they're like, all very oh. different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think... I think that, you know, who we were in 1930 and who we are now is different um, and what we see as excellent. And I also think the other thing that is so fascinating to me is that there's so much content. Once again, there's so many shows that are happening continually yeah. um and go, look, go back and look, even our spring theater preview what did we talk we talked oh. about what like 20 shows that are opening this this spring but they're not to yeah. be more musicals in right. here is right. actually just why i don't understand right. because yeah it can't simply be that all of those plays were better or all of the other like you know drama awards were better mm-hmm. Like how many um, years were there like two musicals up for the the prize? Probably not many. Probably yeah. <laughs> not many Probably, at all. Maybe never. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Yeah. It, is, it is interesting to think like the Pulitzer team, you know, whoever votes for this, they're saying that these musicals are ones that everyone should look out for. Like should mm-hmm. should these are ones that obviously they're not like the end all be all you know if you like a musical and it didn't win a Pulitzer Prize that doesn't mean like it's not worthy of <laughs> anything but it it's it's interesting they're choosing these because Pulitzer Prize is like a like we've said like it's a big deal like when you win a Pulitzer Prize it's all even especially when you're a musical because there hasn't been that many so. Yeah. I think that is very interesting. And I also think a lot of people don't know that a lot of musicals haven't won. I think mm-hmm. it would probably be like, oh, yeah, like musicals are so ubiquitous in our society now that I think people would be like, well, why have there only been 10? That's weird. Well, let's talk about these. Let's go in order. I think we should go in order. The first one uh, is a musical that I have never heard of. <laughs> However, the we will we're gonna read the I don't know how if you're okay with this schedule. We're gonna read the like little synopses of each show so you guys okay. know. Uh, the, so this was awarded in 1932. As we said, that was the first year they awarded a musical. There, uh, this is a musical called "Of the I Sing," which is written by George S. Kaufman, Maury Reinskid, and Ira Gershwin. Um, so got a Gershwin in there. Um, 
I assume Gershwin Theater, named after. I also feel like it wasn't the score written by George Gershwin. Oh, music by George Gershwin. Yes. Yeah, and go. lyrics by Ira. Yeah, yeah it was like yeah. the Gershwin. Ira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a. As it says here, political satire following the fictional campaign of presidency John P. Wintergreen, who runs on the love platform. Wintergreen promises that if he is elected, he will marry the girl chosen for him through a beauty pageant. (laughs) He quickly finds himself in political trouble when he falls in love with Mary Turner instead of the pageant winner selected for him. Where's this revival? That's a... (laughs) You know, what's funny is um, there was a revival. It was on Broadway in 1931, and then there was a Broadway revival in 1933. But how did that happen? What? <laughs> how many? That's not that many years later. I have a question about that. I have yeah. some questions. That is so hilarious. And but then another ni- revival in 52. Yeah. 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 Honestly, this sounds like a fun time. I'm not going to lie. But it sounds sounds crazy interesting i know it does you're right so this is kind of like what like 10 things i hate about you but (laughs) no i don't know i mean i don't even know it's from i it i don't know how do i express what is happening i mean yeah this is like a political satire comedy dramedy right yeah Yep, it says the first political satire to take the stage is a fully written book musical. I mean, that's exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that, right? Like, I mean, I don't know how this would fit now. I need to I need to read the book. That's I'm what sure I'm saying. It wouldn't like, be politically correct anymore. Yeah, 1932. It's so interesting. Like, But it did, right? It did change a lot of what you thought a musical could be, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would assume. That's true. I wonder if that's why it was awarded that. It was kind of revolutionary at the time. Yeah. So, and who was the president? Was was JF, J, uh, not JFK. Oh my gosh. Was Roosevelt the president at the time? Yeah. Franklin Roosevelt, FDR was the president. I'm so glad you knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did just watch that First Lady uh, <laughs> TV show. We talked about this. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated by the concept. Would it work today? Who knows? Do things from 1932 work in 2023? Maybe the fashion. <laughs> Honestly, it might be it might be similar. It just sounds extremely patriotic, which mm-hmm. I think for the last 12 years or less, we've had a lot of struggle between what pay, like patriotism and nationalism right right? they're different things but they have felt the same Mm -hmm. mostly because of current political climate right so i feel politically this would be very challenge it might be very challenging i'd need to read the book yeah um for sure but the i overall is there a cast recording i don't know questions i've got questions also premise of like having a musical that is a satire about something that I think fell off limits for comedy Mm -hmm. right like I think a lot of the time up until this point now I can't speak for the history of other political realms but in the United States and on Broadway a lot of comedy related to 
politics was often not related to U.S. politics. And if it was, it was still a play. And also, a lot of the time, thing, conflict and the resolution of conflict or the idea of creating some kind of uh, commentary on the po politics of the time, both internationally and nationally, would have taken place as a drama, like a play drama. Right. So to have a musical, that is a comedy and a yeah. satire yeah. of and a commentary on the entire political landscape of the United States feels avant-garde. It feels a little ahead of its time in the 30s. Yeah, for sure. Also, if you think about it, I two things, and then we'll move on to our next one. Uh, this is basically like if the president did The Bachelor. <laughs> or The Bachelorette. <laughs> you mean the state, the, the premise yeah. of the show? Yes, the premise of the show is basically well, that. It's pretty true. And also, I just want to side right. note, like, what if this did happen in real life? I feel like people would oh go nuts. Yeah. I think this is why we can't revive it, because this it, our our political sphere already feels like a joke. We can't possibly have more right. jokes. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But that Very was the interesting. first, yep. first Pulitzer Prize winning musical. Yeah. Rachel, what's our next one that came 30 years later, basically? <laughs> 20 years write later. Down in order, but I think this is right. Is it South Pacific? Yeah. It is South Pacific. Oh, here we Meet go. Your fave show. <laughs> I, I just don't know <laughs> if we should be doing this show. I know. And Tell the folks questions. out there all about South Pacific. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, how do I essentially explain it? But right, there's an American nurse. And she is stationed on a South Pacific island, once again, a no-named island, okay, great, <laughs> during World War II, and she falls in love with a French expat who's there, right. um, and their conflict of love struggles, like, or, or, or revolves around her trying to, like, accept his children who are mixed race once again this is a big part of the issue right and yep. then there's another romance happening and that's between a u.s marine lieutenant also a struggle i would have already just that mm. and a young native woman once again we don't know what island this is so there's a lot of like her yeah. like is she from hong kong is she from taiwan we don't really know and they don't fully explain there's mm -hmm. a lot of not great references around mm -hmm. not understanding Asia Pacific being more than one country and different cultures anyway. Um, and essentially they, they're trying to figure out if they're going to be socially accepted. So I will say the entire musical is exploring racial prejudice. So I, I get, I get that it is, thinking about it like that's the mm -hmm. center point like there are these two romances but in reality they're both talking about race um and there's a terrible song called you've got to be carefully taught and i just don't ah anyway yeah so it is and then they're like all the the background characters supply comedic relief should i read what you said or was that good enough well yeah. no i think that's great and i do think yeah literally this thing says during the show both americans struggle to overcome their racial prejudices to be with the women they love or okay the people, so the i get i get that there is um 
I get that the, the musical is exploring explicitly this issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just think, and and maybe in the, the 1940s, late 40s, early 50s, when this came to Broadway and toured in the U.S., this was like really pressing and like mm -hmm. really um, as ahead of, uh, not ahead of its time, but as honest as it could have been yeah. during that time. But it is 2023, damn it. Right. Right. And I get the premise being important and the issues mm -hmm. that they're trying to address being important, but they did a very terrible job in today's standards, Right. I think. And yeah. I just don't know how we could possibly do this musical without adapting yeah. so much of the score and the book. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, of course, the show written music by Richard Rogers, lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein, and book by Oscar Hammerstein and Joshua Logan. Um, I want to read the songs, I will yeah. say. I mean, the score. I want to read this little blurb from this website um, Both Sides yeah. of the Curtain. Uh, shout out to them. We'll put it in our show notes. But this says, Though by today's standards, South Pacific was one of the first mainstream musicals to offer a strong and progressive message on the topic of racism. A key part of this message lies within a song sung by the lieutenant called You've Got to Be Carefully Taught, yeah. which boldly states that racism isn't something we are born with. It's something we're taught by society. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. It's also a terrible song, but yeah. it is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, fun fact about this is that Richard Rodgers was the first composer to be included in the Pulitzer Prize due to the amendments made after the win of Of the I Sing, so the original show. So which is why maybe George Gershwin was not awarded the Pulitzer Prize. Right. Yes. Before. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they were like, we're never possibly going to give this to a musical. So, you know, prejudice Correct. on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this changed. I mean, I will say this musical, uh, South Pacific, changed a lot about yeah. how a big production, of course, also it's a ginormous production. Like, right. it's yeah. a very classic, very classic period yeah. piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it changed. I mean, it did, it did change a lot. I, there so, were spaces for characters who are not just white although often right. played by white people yes. so that's my problem and written by white people so there's that yeah not that, during yeah. not that long after world war ii correct yes i will say i've seen this show and i've seen a lot of other rogers and hammerstein show i actually don't think this is even their best show no. like there are ones that are a lot better i mean obviously sound of music but i think even carousel has some great stuff in it i mean there's also problematic stuff in that too yeah. but um but easily more easily done as a revival right 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 so i don't know it's interesting that they i think rogers and hammerstein definitely deserve a pulitzer prize because they've also just contributed so much to the theater landscape but also i'm like which one do you award them <laughs> cinderella question mark <laughs> yeah we could have just done yeah. like a classic yeah. this is you know there are just yeah. so many. I I just I want to go back and say I am sure that at the time this was a space that was pushing the envelope and being mm -hmm. more honest about what was happening. But in modern day time, this is not enough, and it doesn't help that for a long period of time when the show was being performed, the majority of actors were white. Right. Right. Yeah. It almost reminds me, 
of like also the like West Side Story, the movie, like how a lot of the actors yeah. were white in the movie and yeah. And also right. just Hispanics in general were portrayed as just gang like all they were were just gang leaders. Like that's all <laughs> like yeah. a part of a gang and yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is the part of musical theater that is really challenging. Of like right. this did a lot for musical theater. Um, and I don't think that we should put it away, never look at it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there are ways in which we know that we're still falling short at being equitable and accessible. Mm-hmm. And gosh, if the opening of Parade didn't tell us that that was yeah. the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just mm. I, I just think that this is the hard part about dealing with musical theater history is that you have to also understand that things can be beautiful and be really amazing songs like wash that mm. man right out of your hair. And yeah. also the context of the entire musical. Could and ballet be high. Ballet yeah. high. No. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Definitely lots of conversations around South Pacific. Um, Moving on to our next show, which won in 1960. So 10 years later, exactly. Um, I believe it's pronounced Fiorello. Is that right? Yes, I think so. So Fiorello, um, written by music by Jerry Bach, lyrics by Sheldon Harnick, and a book by Jerome Weedman and George Abbott. George Abbott, wild. Yeah. Um, Fiorello is about, again, another political show about New York City Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia from World War I through the following decade. The show covers his rise to power and how he reforms politics in the city by helping put an end to the Tammany Hall political machine. I don't know anything about the show. I know nothing about the show. <laughs> I know. This is like one of the one show I think I know absolutely the most yeah. nothing about. However, I did learn that uh, it won the Tony Award for Best Musical, but sharing yeah. it with The Sound of Music, they what? both won. They both won How Best Musical. How is What? I don't know. I know. Isn't that crazy? Was this the year that The Sound, the sound of Music was... The Sound of Music wasn't a revival that year, right? No. Yeah. It was the very first was, year. Wow. Yeah. I know. Okay. Kind of crazy. Yeah, Has there ever is. been? I guess that's the first time there's been like a tie in Best Music. I don't know. I have to look that up. That's a fact I don't know, I know. about. I know. So, I mean, sounds interest. it sounds very interesting. I wonder if it's a show we could do today um, because it's a very it specific. It feels very specific. Yeah, it feels very specific. And also, like, I'm sure it, obviously, LaGuardia is the name of the airport in New York City. So, like, so obviously, funny. he is a very well-known person in New York, but like would this appeal to people outside of new york i don't know <laughs> apparently there was a concert version in 2013 what the heck whoa whoa i feel like i've heard one of these songs at least yeah but yeah um i'll quickly do the the next show in t- 1962 this is the show that i was like what <laughs> i can't believe this uh one so this is interesting because it was only two years later um, mm-hmm. This is How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, music by Frank Loesser, and music and lyrics by Frank Loesser, book by A. Burroughs, Jack Weinstock, and Willie Gilbert. 
This, again, so this is the show that follows the ambitious J. Pierpont Finch while working as a window washer uh, at uh, Matthew Broderick and uh, Harry Potter. Finch finds a book called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying and uses it with a combination of his own smarts to work his way up the corporate ladder of the worldwide Wicket Company. Have you ever seen this show? Like, Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. You did see it. That's I right. saw Nick Jonas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw the Jonas Brothers yeah. coming back to Broadway. It is like, I don't know. I have never seen this. So I was like, really? This I was a little puzzled by this that they chose this. This, this makes sense to me. Here's oh, okay. here's why. Here's why. <laughs> I because they have a song called Brotherhood of Men and the you know, all the voting committee is men. <laughs> I think that lyrically, <laughs> yeah, that's why this show won. It's gotcha. just such a strange to- storytelling experience. Right. Before there was the way that Sondheim wrote music, m- lyrics, right. I think this is close to a lot of that witty banter, but written in song. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that this is a good, I think this is a good musical. Yeah. I would take this over the last three. We talked about, although to be fair, I haven't seen two of them performed. But <laughs> I'm just more I, fascinated by Fiorello because I've never seen it. And also okay. of the I sing, I'm just like, what the heck? Like it sounds like a crazy concept. But I yeah, well, yeah. that's true. I would take it over this, uh South Pacific. That's I do sure. want to just name and claim that the things that have won so far follow a good pattern. Satire. Mm-hmm. Or exploring themes of racism. That's it. The other. Yep. So this makes sense. This is a big satire to the idea of how corporations work, how we're supposed to be in America, yeah. the idea of businessmen being successful. It is kind of like in a very smart way. And I mean that like in a very intellectual way, in a very lyrical way, poking fun at all of that while also making you feel like you want to be a part of it all at the same time. Yeah. It's very strategic. And, I mean, it did really well within the theater community also, Mm -hmm. won the Tony Award. Yeah. Well, the next six are kind of take a change in that. I mean, all I think the next next six do have things to say about politics and um, social issues, but also they are just they're very different than the than these i agree i think this i think this is the end of that section of like this is what we find i don't know best worthy of the pulitzer prize for drama yeah and also there's is there ever going to be a musical comedy that wins pulitzer prize for drama again again that is a honestly you would have it would have been maybe like book of mormon because well, of how I think this is this is part of my issue with why there's yeah. only 10 like what the heck it's yeah. not we talk about how musicals are never taken seriously or are often not taken seriously in comparison to drama right this is a great example but a lot of these first few are actually satires are right. actually comedies yeah which is interesting because now it's like oh you have to be super prestigious and whatever yeah intellectual to win the to be a musical that wins 
so yeah. fascinating. I agree. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Read us our next one, Rachel. So the next musical is A Chorus Line. Woo, woo. Where does the spin I hope I get it. Yeah, I'm for real. Yeah. Um, so essentially, this is what I would call Inception before there was Inception. <laughs> and this is a show taking place basically at an audition for a Broadway musical. Mm. I mean, right? The whole thing is that, right? I think so. Mostly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, basically the dancers and singers... No, just the dancers, right? They stay and they share their story, and that's they they sing their story, right? Mm-hmm. The musical yeah. that you're watching. The director and choreographer ask them the remaining dancers to and share their own stories. And essentially, they all, you know, you hear all about their their story and mm-hmm. their lives, and then the process of the audition. Very I would love interesting. To see this. I've never seen it. Oh. I have not seen it. I was gonna say I feel like I saw a high school production of this. Also, would have mm-hmm. been crazy, but now yeah. I can't remember if I actually saw it or just right anyway it wasn't that memorable if i saw it so sorry about high school production that i might have seen <laughs> yeah i'm trying to remember if my cousin was in it when he was in high school anyway mm-hmm. very interesting premise yeah because the entire scenery and everything is just very simple it's just there you're there yeah. they tell their story in song mm. and then yeah, it's very, it's, it was really well received on Broadway. Right. Um, very it, well, huge it, hit, huge hit for Broadway. It ended up being the longest running production for of its time. a while. Yeah, yeah until Cats. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey not a Pulitzer Prize winning musical. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, a chorus line uh, written by uh, music by Marvin Hamlish, lyrics by Edward. Kleben book by James Kirkwood Jr. and Nicholas Dante, but also has a huge influence on the director and choreographer Michael Bennett. Um, the uh, musical received 12 Tony Awards and won nine, which is kind of insane. Um, insane. The show opened 1975. Broadway attendance was an all-time low, 6.6 million, but quickly shot up to 8.8 million um, <laughs> because of a chorus line, which is insane. Isn't that insane? Insane. Like across all Broadway theaters, a chorus line is what drove people. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, not that, not that this probably doesn't factor into the Pulitzer Prize, but like, mm. does that? I don't know. I think it's interesting because this is probably the most diverse. It's very diverse. It's a very diverse mm. show, um, and it's also about the industry, which I think is. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. only show that is about the industry that is one. Well, I guess actually the most recent one is kind of about yeah. the industry. No, I think of. about it. Um, I don't know. I think, and also I think it just like was a moment in time. There's just another show that we're going to, well, two other shows that we're going to talk about that are just like huge moments. And I think a chorus mm-hmm. line was one of them. As I mean, far everyone as, like, knows. Yeah. Everyone knows at least one song from this show. Right. Right. I would assume. Yeah. And I think at the time, it was like... I hope I the, get it. It's probably the most. Right. It was but like the one. top show at the time. Like, on the regular music charts. Like, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, of its time. So, yeah. very inter- Also, a very dance-heavy show. Like, all the other shows weren't super dance-heavy. Dance heavy, and I find that fascinating. And I think 
think this is so interesting. I don't, I mean, I understand why it was such a successful musical. I'm intrigued by it being a Pulitzer Prize winning musical. But I also, like, I don't have qualms with that necessarily. So, right, right. Um, Next, we have our, again, almost 10 years later, 1985. Another decade goes by, no musicals. They're like, nah. And then maybe one of a very yeah. influential musical for a lot of people, right? Especially people our age or a little bit older, uh, is Sunday in the Park with George, which we have talked about in our past Tony Award, uh, Tony's Rewind. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. of course, written music and lyrics written by Stephen Sondheim, book written by James Lapine. This um, premiered in 1985 is when it won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, of course, a fictionalized version of George Chirot's creation of his famous painting, A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of the Grand J- Yeté? 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 French, but sure. I don't oh. know how to say anything cool. in French. Um, he shares his struggle to find himself as an artist and manages to alienate his model, lover, and biggest supporter, Dot. Whoa. It's just such a good musical. I know. It's so good. It's Here's, okay. So in and my, truly influence someone who will later, uh, which wins our next Pulitzer Prize winning musical, yes. which is uh, Jonathan Larson, because we noticed that in Tick Tick Boom, he watched something in the yeah, Park with George and this. loved it. So yeah. I think what's so cool about I don't know where our chorus line fits in this the shift, mm-hmm. but the next at least three, so this and the next two fit mm-hmm. what I like to call the category of emotional, intellectual, philosophical questions. Right. <laughs> I mean, I would argue for, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's true too, but I think that... I mean, I even five, even the most recent one too. I definitely yeah. think the most recent one. The, the fourth one that we'll talk about after this, <laughs> I think does more, yeah. does yeah. more and maybe fits also in those other two categories that we talked about, which is... Right like a satire on the political landscape right and also racism like right. addressing racism right or social inequities or social uh, questioning social norms right. this book i mean this book this musical is just so dang good yeah and it i think is very it's very much about the idea of the deconstruction of oneself related to art and i can see why this is so um positioned for a pulitzer prize for drama Mm. because even if this was just written as a play it would have won yeah it very much is a play with music yeah which there's another one that is also like that yeah um yeah, I mean, really nothing to say, of course. I mean, the fact that Besides we talked we about it. this, that La Caja Falls won the best musical and best this score, and best then musical, yeah. this did mm-hmm. not win best musical, and that mm-hmm. is just crazy to me. But, you know, we love La Caja Falls, very fun. Yeah. But crazy that uh, most of these shows won best musical that also won the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Yeah. I think maybe all of them except Sunday in the Park with George. I don't know. I'd have to look that up, but... <laughs> Uh, no, that's Crazy. not true. Okay. Um, do you want to do our next one? Sure. Yes. Our next one, which we alluded to, is Rent. 
rent. How are we gonna pay? Premiered. Have we talked about this too? The rent opened on Broadway on my birthday. So I feel like we did. Yeah. Yeah. Also, rent um, book lyrics and music by Jonathan Larson. Incredible. Based off of the La Boheme uh, opera. Yeah. So I feel like we've talked about this at length. Anyway, right. such a great um, musical. It ended up winning, obviously, the Pulitzer Prize. It also won the Tony Award for Best Musical mm-hmm. um, and Best Book and Best Original Score. Yeah. It also won a Drama Desk. So, Ran yeah, 12 I years think, on Broadway. Such a long I time. Think that is. Yeah. Yeah. This show, once again, though, I think leans closer to Sunday in the Park with George in terms of the emotional intellectual components yeah that we haven't really seen i think in the other uh other nom or other winners mm-hmm. but it starts that shift towards we're really talking also about social norms and so societal issues and the breakdown of society and questioning those things not I mean, it does, I think it does it explicitly. Other people think it's not as explicit as I might think. Right. But I think it, I think it's definitely on the surface. I think that that's part of what they're talking about. But I also acknowledge that the artistry of this is also about all of these characters questioning their own self um, and their own experience as people, which I think relates closely to Sunday in the Park with George. I think this, a future show we'll talk about in a course line, are those just massive, massive shows at the time yeah. that you just cannot, like, I think it's just like, well, duh, we're going to give it to it. But also, they're all three incredible pieces of work and art that have things to say, too. Yeah. And also, of yeah. course, Rent talks about the AIDS epidemic of course. in New York that happened it was very recent in a lot of people's minds still going still on to, yeah still happening outside of the walls of the theater so i yeah. think that also had to do with it as well there's a lot of things about rent that are revolutionary for its mm-hmm. time it's a rock opera yeah it's, exactly. you know it's something very different i think that of mm-hmm. course our next show is also kind of working on as well. If Rent, Rent walked, so maybe our next show could run a little bit, which I think we've talked about. And yeah, not that Rent isn't also running, but um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very interesting. It's just a very different, especially when you look at all the shows that came before Rent that won the Pulitzer Prize. It's like the most different show out of all of them. In the way that it's staged, I yes. think, mm-hmm. and potentially the content, but the content yeah. to me seems to be related to the time period, right? Right. Like if this was happening during, which it probably wasn't on the same, right? Like if, if we could talk about the AIDS epidemic when South Pacific was happening, we might have, mm-hmm. right? So I think that it's still following the same kind of thing. I think, I think this is more of an expose than, yeah any of the other shows um that won the Pulitzer Prize up until this point yeah for sure okay Tay what's next our favorite yes our next show is a show we talked about on our podcast on a deep dive one of our favorites this is uh 2010's Next to Normal so again about 10 well actually 
about a little over 10 years is when another musical was awarded uh this of course music by tom kitt lyrics and book written by brian yorkey maybe potentially the best musical on this list out of all these 10 <laughs> Ooh, i'm i'm gonna in, i'm gonna say no. that i'll yeah. say that yeah okay <laughs> i know i'm just like Ooh, yes okay no That's i think great. it is i think structurally and uh, the the way it's yeah everything about it it, it probably is the best one, um, yeah. of course rock musical about uh, as it says here a typical American family hiding mental illness from the world. Um, Diana Goodman who is the mother in the story struggling with bipolar depressive illness and delusions for 17 years following the passing of her infant son, um, which we talked about on the show uh, again in our deep dive which you guys should go back and listen to if you haven't. Such Please. a great. It's uh, oh, I love this show so much. So fun. We, what's also interesting is the previous winner of Rent and this show directed by the exact same person, Michael Greif, which I think is also incredible. Future director of uh, the Notebook musical, which where where is that? Maybe uh, that would be a surprise. Yeah, where is that? Come on, it did its Chicago premiere. Where is that on Broadway? I'm waiting for it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we love this musical. Once yeah. again, addressing social norms, addressing in, in you know internal emotional situations here. Just yeah, uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and somewhat underrated, I would say. Oh, like I I'm think still of the fact that this yeah this is underrated, and yeah. maybe that's how people felt about. Oh, again, didn't win best musical. There's another one. Yes, Sorry. this yes. one didn't win. Yes, yes. Maybe this is how people felt about, I don't know how, um, what was the first one? Oh, of the of I think. I don't remember how box office hit that was. This was not right. in the same way. Yeah. I mean, it ran for like two years, maybe two or three years. And yeah, it, yeah it, sh- it definitely still should be running today because I think it's even more relevant than. I mean, it only had 734 regular performances. So. Right. Yeah. Very, very yeah. powerful. I think there's an Australian production. I think there's actually a, a West End production coming, oh, um, which they that announced. That would be amazing. But, yeah. okay, Taylor, but we've said so much about this show that, you know, go back and listen to our deep dive, like yes. I said already. Oh, are you going to let me do the next one? Yes. Uh, yeah, this is the musical that I almost was like, mm, is it is next to one of the best? So, of course, this is the 2016 massive hit that everyone knows, Hamilton. Um, just for just six years later, I was gonna say four, I don't know what my brain is doing. Six years nah. later, I know, uh, of course, music, lyrics, and book written all by the man himself, Lin Manuel Miranda. Come on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that any of these other writers could, although Jonathan mm-hmm. Larson couldn't, so RIP, but um. <laughs> Uh, of course, the hip hop retelling of the life and founding father of Alexander Hamilton. Do I need to explain this plot? I think everyone knows. Sure, you can do it. <laughs> um, the Pulitzer Prize website refers to Hamilton as a landmark American musical about the gifted and self-destructive founding father whose story becomes both contemporary and irresistible. Oh, oh. Wow. Rachel, is Hamilton irresistible? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That feels. It depends on who's playing him. Yeah. <laughs> it 
Sonny's the sexy puppy Lin Manuel Miranda. Is he irresistible? No, I wouldn't. I, he's in a category all of his own where yeah. he has not sexualized Lin Manuel Miranda at all. <laughs> yeah, again, the sexy puppy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I think he's just like a oh my sweet yeah. Labrador. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, this I put this in the category of rent and chorus line. This is what I was saying about these massive hits that I think the Pulitzer committee was like, well, we can't not award. Here's my count. Here's my counterpoint. Okay, okay. counterpoint. How soon after the show opens do people know that it's a massive hit? Obviously, before Hamilton came to Broadway, we already knew, but. Like right, like see, I don't think it, I think it was it, a hit on Off Broadway, but I don't think it they knew it was going to be as massive as it was. No, but like, when do they award the Pulitzer Prize? This is what I'm saying. Because in it's March. not like in March. So I read this. They award so okay. Hamilton opened on Broadway in August, and they didn't award it until March. Okay, all right, that's a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I think that there's some. I, I think it. This is not just about this. Is I know this is going to be a huge hit. We have to award it. Right. That's what the Tony Awards does sometimes. Right, right, right. Because they think about the business part, but like I think, I think that this is revolutionary in the way that it's like uh-huh, actually revolutionary. structured. Yeah, I mean, forget <laughs> all the like casting, amazing. I mean, right. you have to take that away. That's not the point of a Pulitzer Prize for drama. Mm-hmm. When you look at the books and the books, when you look at the book and the lyrics and music, it is simply like the only other time something like this is happening was in the Heights and in the Heights was a finalist the mm-hmm. year that it came out and didn't win and didn't win. Yeah. So I, I think that this structure of music, just like the rock opera structure mm-hmm. of rent was just new and different and really awesome. Although Jesus Christ superstar, but whatever, like just offered a different kind of commentary <laughs> and like, piece to it this is artistry like that's what this is rewarding too mm-hmm. is this artistry mm-hmm. yeah. that exists without all of those actual players on the stage and, and also that I, one man could come up with something like like i think they're also yeah. rewarding his well, kind I think of it's, a, it's it falls back into that satire like yeah. it talks about it's about satire on what we think the history of a political experience was number one yeah Two, definitely addressing race, for right. sure. Yep. We're also addressing yep. other social issues. We're doing it in a, a way yeah. that's like extremely creative, and like lyrically freaking so talented. Yeah, and impressive. It's basically poetry. Yeah, Sondheim and Shakespeare put together. I mean, yeah. and hip so hop, right? It it just, I think that it stands on its own without even yeah. thinking about the actual success of box office. Well, interestingly, well, I don't even mean box office. I just mean that, like, it took over the cultural zeitgeist oh, of yeah. the fair. moment. It was like, it's like, what what other musicals can you think of that actually got into the mainstream culture of, like, everyone, everyone from, like, engineers yeah. to, you know, actually people that love, not that engineers can't love musicals, but I'm just saying that the general, you know, uh, stereotype of like people that don't love musicals know what Hamilton is like. Yeah, they probably didn't knows. know that a Bronx Tale was also on. Right. <laughs> a Bronx Tale. Also, when you look at it, listen, the other two nominees for the Pulitzer Prize, The Humans, which is a great play, oh, so and wonderful, good. and then Gloria, which is a play that I guess existed, I didn't know, <laughs> but 
again, when you look at those, it's like, how can you, uh, and then Hamilton, like, it's like, okay, obviously you're going to give it to, like, the humans is a great play. Humans is good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. Yeah, all right, Rachel, bring us home with our final show. Okay. Which everyone probably knows. 2020. 2020. Um, a big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a strange loop one in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, music lyrics and books book. Wow, there's only one book for a musical I and I know it. Yeah. Um, Michael R. Jackson. Incredible. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah, again, another solo doing it yeah. all himself. And this is oh, I, I even the like photo of the playbill is such or the art i guess yeah. of the of the musical is so uh fits what i think this musical does which is like an opening of yourself while also revealing multiple versions of your own self and yeah. exposing the stage in which we are all on so a strange loop is about the story of usher who is a black gay man who works as an usher while he's pursuing his career in writing he's asked to ghost write a new tyler perry stage play um, and all of the people on the musical, in the musical, A Strange Loop, are his inner voices. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. And so it obviously it addresses themes of race. It talks about sexuality. It talks about religion. It also talks mm. about the industry. It talks about what we think people are supposed to do and it also addresses like mental health our own internalized intrusive and taught selves uh in a way that somehow is like both funny beautiful sad and like human yeah and simple all at the same time yeah it says here the show six person all black queer ensemble voice his inner thoughts both during the writing process and as he navigates a heteronormative white world. Yeah. Um, the Pulitzer Prize website refers to A Strange Loop as, quote, a metafictional musical that tracks the creative process of an artist transforming issues of identity, race, and sexuality that once pushed him to the margins of the culture mainstream into a meditation on universal human fears and insecurities that's a big task i know to have done in two hours and 15 minute runtime yeah yeah and i've heard people say like this show is like changed their lives like truly changed their lives yeah yeah and i think this uh, not not to compare it is not the same in terms of reception i think that this musical was is and was similarly received to next normal i think it's mm-hmm. still flying under the radar it is yeah. not hamilton no um and, but and and that is sad because i do think that this has space to be such like a powerful show in the same kind of way uh, sure. but i i think that there's something really beautiful about this show and i i wish to one day see it performed live same Um, so good the music is great if you haven't listened to it i would a thousand percent recommend for sure absolutely oh well that's all of our pulitzer prize that's 10 let's wait another 10 years then we'll see uh hey who knows maybe shocked will win a pulitzer prize in four years (laughs) i'm not gonna say that 
You, know you said it's going to win. <laughs> I said it's going to win Best Tony. Yeah. Best Musical. That's very different. Yeah. Here, because yeah. there's a Best Musical every year. There's not a Best not a Pulitzer Prize winner for drama being a musical yeah. every year. Here's what I think would be insane. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Bad Cinderella, the Pulitzer Prize. What? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even say it without uh, uh, Two fun facts I just want to throw out too. Uh, Oklahoma was awarded a special Pulitzer Prize in 1944. Um, and then also in 1951, the prize was going to go to Guys and Dolls, but was vetoed by the trustees at Columbia University due to one of the writers' communist sympathies, and no award was given. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, Crazy. good for them. Yeah. They were on the right side of history, I guess. Yeah. Well, surprise. Rachel, thank you. Listen, Pulitzer ah. Prize Committee, add us to your committee and we'll put more musicals. And we will help yeah. the musical theater. That's right. It definitely needs some help <laughs> from us, <laughs> the musical theater. Specifically us. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah I know exactly. a lot. I went to True. school for this. Uh, well, thank you for having this discussion with me. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. Yes. All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Yes, well, let's do it. Yeah. This is a segment where you and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, what have we been up to? What are our vibes? And we uh, scour the theater world. <laughs> <laughs> yep. For a character who has similar thoughts or yeah. vibes, sometimes scour is to... the right word. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. Sometimes it's connected to our conversation. Other times it's just random based off yeah. of how we feel. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, we would also love to hear your thoughts on these Pulitzer Prize-winning musicals, um, but also your characters of the week. So comment on our social media pages, DM us, tell us who you are this week, and you may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel, who is your Taylor. character this week? Taylor, you know, I started off the episode uh, saying that I'm having my allergies be yep. really amazing, um, where I mm. sound like Squidward. And... <laughs> Uh, I also had a cough attack in the middle of our recording, so hopefully Again, Taylor could edit that out. Maybe not. Uh, you're welcome. Mm. Anyway, so that reminds me of someone who follows uh, also a Disney princess around and is one of many and also sneezes a lot and ha- uh, maybe they have allergies. Yeah. It's probably because they live in the woods. Yeah. Like, have we checked on him? Do we think that he should get some allergy shots? I don't know mm, anyway, but this yeah. week I am feeling like Sneezy from Snow White. Oh, I didn't, at first I didn't think you were going there. I didn't know where you were going, I know, but, oh, uh, Sneezy. Yes. Sneezy, I know, yeah. he just carries around a little tissue. So, mm. yeah, Taylor, who are you this week? I thought you were going flounder at first, because doesn't he sneeze Ooh. underwater? Yeah. That's good. I love yeah. that. Will they yeah. keep that in this... That will be the reason I walk out of Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. There's no flounder scene. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm very yeah. excited about that movie. All right. All right so Taylor. this week, listen, I'm feeling the musical love. I really, this mo- this morning, I listened to the entire, as of recording, this the entire Kimberly Akimbo 
soundtrack for the first time and it is just (gasps) wonderful it is so lovely loving it i was excited to record this recording so i'm just and i'm excited for our future episodes you guys will see we're doing a fun series in the in the next month um teasing that so um I'm just really excited, really in this kind of musical mindset. So uh, I am this fun character that also loves musical theater, maybe gets to go to Juilliard in the third movie uh, of this series. And that's right. I'm Ryan Evans from High School Musical. (laughs) The iconic Ryan Evans. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah. He's the best. He is the best. best. Lucas, great girl. Uh, We love love him. Back to the top. Uh, If you guys would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week.